Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. I'm a Georgia Tech grad and a Louisville fan. He is Mike McDaniel. He is a Virginia Tech grad and a Notre Dame fan. Mike, first question, year two was not any better than year one under Dino Babers. True or false? Um, well, I mean, they went four and eight versus, I believe, three and nine a year ago. Is that correct? I think they were four and eight last year, too. They're four and eight. Okay. So same record then uh you do get a signature win at home against number two clemson uh, you know i don't know a lot of tough losses in here a lot to pick through obviously we knew it was going to be a pretty substantial rebuild i thought that they would be better this year and have an opportunity to make a bowl game you know you lose eric dungy a quarterback for you know part of the season as well due to injury so there were a lot of other external factors that played in as well but uh, yeah, I think it's a step forward, a step in the right direction, especially given the signature win against Clemson. But, you know, four and eight is four and eight. So they're going to have to obviously move forward here um, heading into next season. It'll be year three under Gino Baber. Should have a lot of recruits in there now. And it'll be interesting to see how they move forward. Yeah. Uh, by the way, confirmed four and eight last year as well. Um, I think if you just look at straight up record, yeah, I mean, it was about the same. Um, if you look at kind of how the games were played, especially down the stretch, I mean, they were there were a couple of games where they were really uncompetitive. So that was kind of disheartening to see. But I also came away with, you know, like you said, one of the best wins of the year, probably probably easily the best win of the year all you know across the country by a non-bowl team um, beating Clemson in the, in the Carrier Dome. Uh, so it was an interesting year for the Syracuse Orange. We're going to talk about their uh, 2018 or 2017 season here. Sorry. Uh, Mike, we'll start off preseason predictions. I had them going five and seven, making an APR bowl. You had them at five and seven, not really distinguishing whether they're going to make a bowl or not. And then we had John Casillo on from Troy News, an absolute magician on the SB Nation Network. He had them going six and six. In reality, the Orange went four and eight. Uh, they went two and six in conference. Was not a uh, not a big leap forward of a year. It's not hard to see, though, how they could have, you know, won a couple of games, though, and made it towards bowl eligibility. I, I think they just kind of struggled to close out some of these games. And uh, in particular, they really wasted an opportunity earlier in the year at home against Middle Tennessee that would have maybe set the season on a bit of a different course. Yeah, and even with that game against Middle Tennessee, I mean, even if they don't make a bowl game, and obviously that would have only been a fifth win, they do get to the record that you and I both predicted for them. So. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they screwed us kind of early there, Joey. Uh, <laughs> but looking at the rest of the schedule, um, you know, there are a lot of games where, like you said, they were non-competitive heading, you know, into the final stretch of the year in particular. But then a lot of games, like you said, too, that, you know, they had a chance to close out and a chance to win. And yeah, it's pretty easy to say that they could have been bowl eligible. Um, uh, you know, the Eric Dungy injury bug hit again. Um, it's one of those things. I mean, Dungy is so good when he's in there that as soon as he comes out of the game, you know, Zach Mahoney does a nice job. And, you know, as you coin him, everybody's favorite recess character, Zach Mahoney. Um, he, he does a good job at quarterback as, you know, doing what he does as a backup. But 
when you don't have Eric Dungy in there, the offense takes on a different look. I think that was pretty clear, especially down the stretch. Yeah, I felt like the the offense took a bit of a step back here this year. And some of that could be attributed again to Eric Dungy going down with an injury, missing the last three games. And, and this is a clearly different Syracuse team when Dungy's in the game versus not. Um, he is a, a ridiculously gritty, you know, player. He, he was beat up for a lot of the year, even being on the field, but he just kept coming uh, and kept Syracuse in several games. Best one of the year, Mike, I think it's very obvious to say that's the Clemson win. Uh, they were the only team all year to beat Clemson up until Alabama beat them in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, they did so on a random Friday night in the Carrier Dome. We should have seen that coming. That you know got a little weird there. Uh, I just remember being in a movie and my phone was going nuts in my pocket. And I didn't want to pull it out, but we, you know the movie comes to an end and I pull it out and I see final score 27-24. You know Syracuse wins and it was just wait what? You know how did that happen? Um, that was a crazy win for the for the Orange. I think your exact text to me was, man, I picked a bad night to go to the movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what I said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the answer was, yes, you did pick a really bad night to go to the movies. But yeah, uh, we should have seen it coming. Obviously, we didn't see it coming. We both predicted that, you know, Syracuse might hang a little bit, but Clemson would probably blow them out. But, you know, short weeks get weird and short weeks get even weirder when you go play in the Carrier Dome. That's for sure. So, yeah, that's definitely their best win of the season. Should be mentioned that. Uh, the, the Tigers also lost Kelly Bryant there for a bit during that game. He went out of that game with a concussion, did not return. So they played a lot of the second half uh, under a, a, a separate leadership, you know, that coming from Zarek Cooper. So that, you know, played a role to a certain degree. But at the same point, I, I mean, they scored 27 points on a Clemson defense that is real stingy. So uh, a strong win for the Orange there in the middle of the year that kind of shook things up for college football. The problem, Mike, is that that's the last game they won. Uh, they lost their last five, a couple of close games at Miami and at Florida State, and then they just got drilled three straight weeks to end the year by Wake Forest, Louisville, and Boston College. Um, that said, I mean, there were there were those five losses. There were three more earlier in the year. What would you say was their toughest loss, Mike? I think toughest loss has to be the Middle Tennessee game, but you, know, you and I were discussing this a little bit before we came on and hit record. Um, you know, there were a number of games that, were tough for Syracuse and it's it depends on your definition of you know toughest loss so you can look at the middle Tennessee State game you can look at you know 27 to 19 loss to Miami they were hanging right in that game you know they missed a field goal against Florida State uh late in that game and and they lose 27 to 24 to a Florida State team that you know was on the fringe of not making a bowl game and then you know, you give up 64 points to Wake Forest so I mean there were a lot of tough games that they endured but I think the one that was probably the most winnable that they really just kind of gave away was that middle Tennessee game followed by that Florida state game in conference. I think if you had to label a non-conference loss and a conference loss, I think those are the two that really come back to haunt you, especially when you're considering they came up two wins short of bowl eligibility. Yeah. Uh, I, I, to me, the heartbreaker losses, you know, the, the loss at home to middle Tennessee again, that was a, that was a tough one. Uh, and then the, the loss to Florida state missing a field goal at the gun that would have sent the game to overtime uh, in Tallahassee, I mean, that, that's a frustrating and difficult loss. So, uh, you know, they, were, they came in all shapes and sizes here. I mean, it, it, if you want to talk about disappointment, that can come in a few different forms. And, you know, are we talking about just ugly games where they got the crap kicked out of them? Or are we talking about uh, really close last second kind of things? Because Syracuse kind of got to experience all of that this year. Um, probably not a very fun year for the Orange fan base, I'd have to imagine. 
Uh, Mike, this was year two under Dino Babers, uh, and in some ways maybe a little bit better than year one, in some ways maybe a little bit worse. I don't think that Babers is on the hot seat by any stretch of the imagination, but I also think that it's, you know, if I'm a Syracuse fan, I'm looking to see something in 2018. You know, year three, I want to be in a bowl game, and, and if not, that's maybe where I start turning up the heat. Is that your assessment? Yeah, that's my assessment. Um, I, I think it's only fair, Dino you know, Babers, that we give him at least three full years um, mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, get his bearings. Uh, the reason why is because Syracuse was in such disarray when he got there. And Babers has a pretty good track record, um, you know, bringing in offense. It's obviously high scoring. They throw the ball around quite a bit. They did that a lot to a degree this year. But they need to get to a point, And, you know, I think they're still kind of making their way, you know, to this point as an offense where, they need to still be efficient and still put up points and still be competitive when Eric Dungey's not in there playing quarterback. And it's more of a testament to, you know, the rest of their roster around him, especially on the offensive side of the ball, where, you know, while you have good receivers, I mean, obviously you lost Amba Etatawo from last year's team, but you still had Irv Phillips and Steve Ishmael have really good years at receiver. Uh, but you got to run the ball better. The offensive line needs to perform a little bit better to keep Eric Dungey healthy. Uh, but I think Syracuse as a whole, offensively, for as explosive as they can be, I think they just need to get a little bit more consistent. And then defensively, I thought there were a lot of positive steps made this year. Um, you know, they really only had a handful of games where they let opposing offenses kind of go right up and down the field on them. Um, the Wake Forest one is the one that comes to mind. Um, it really down the entire stretch looking at their schedule. Um, the home loss to Wake, they gave up 64. They gave 56 points to Lamar Jackson and Louisville on the road. And then you know, the season finale against BC, they give it 42 points to an offense that, let's be honest, outside of the run game, doesn't really have much to offer. So more consistency. We talked about this in the North Carolina uh, season recap as well, Joey. More consistency, finding an identity, and being more consistent offensively when you don't have all of your best players. You can't just have one guy taken out of the lineup and then your whole offense falls apart. They still got to find a way to manufacture points. So the entire team needs to take a step forward heading into 2018. I think Dino Babers needs a little bit more time, obviously, just given what he had to work with when he got there. But Syracuse is heading in a good direction. They could have easily been a bowl team this year. I think they need to be a bowl team in 2018. Or like you mentioned, I think we got to start turning up the heat a little bit on that seat. I think that's fair. Um, I look at Syracuse going into 2018, and and I think that they're in a good spot. I mean, they bring back a lot of starters on offense. Um, They got to replace their top two receivers, that being Steve Ishmael and Irvin Phillips. Um, but other than that, I mean, they bring back most of their talent, most of their skill position. You know, anybody who is touching the ball is pretty much coming back outside of those two guys. The problem to me might be on defense. Um, their top four linebackers are all seniors, and, and f- those four linebackers were in the top seven tackles-wise on defense. So that's a that's a pretty big hole that they're going to have to fill moving forward. Other than that, I mean, again, it's not a senior-heavy team. Um, you, you can see that they're still in year two of a bit of a rebuild, so – uh, a lot of younger guys still getting playing time. So th- they might be able to take a step forward. I, there's a little bit of cause for concern, you know, at a couple of these position groups. But overall, I mean, I think that they're in decent shape moving forward. We can look at the schedule, uh, and I'll, I'll pull that up right now and, and maybe stall a little bit while I do. And they have uh, out-of-conference games at Western Michigan, home against Wagner, home against UConn, and at Notre Dame. That needs to be a three and one out of conference schedule, if if I'm not mistaken. I mean, that seems like what what you've got to do if you're Syracuse. Um, road games: Boston College, Clemson, Wake Forest, and Pittsburgh. I, I mean, 
if you're going to take your next step, I mean, that's a doable road schedule. Um, so to go 500 maybe and then win a couple of home games, we'll have to see. Uh, Syracuse, you know, in a tough division, though. I mean, you got to play Clemson, Florida State, uh, NC State, Louisville. Um, what any of those teams are next year is, is kind of yet to be seen, but um, not looking like it's going to be like a real easy slate either way. So uh, curious to see what Babers and his unit are able to do with that. Yeah, you mentioned the non-conference schedule um, and even the game against Notre Dame. It's at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. So you'll have a lot of Notre Dame fans there. But, you know, Syracuse, you know, being that they're from, New, you know, a university in New York, they should be able to attract some fans there and make that a true neutral site game. But that's going to be a tough game regardless because Notre Dame's going to be returning a lot of talent next year. So you got to go three and one in that stretch. You got to beat Western Michigan, Wagner, and UConn. And then, you know, if you keep it competitive against Notre Dame, I think that's a victory in and of itself. So just try to go three and one in that non conference stretch. You mentioned the fact that they play in the ACC Atlantic, and it's not going to be easy. Um, they do have a home game against North Carolina out of the Coastal Division. North Carolina is a team that's, you know, in the middle of a rebuild. I think it's a very winnable game for Syracuse having that game at the Carrier Dome next season, you know, and then they go on the road. They have a Wake Forest team that's going to be in a rebuild a bit, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball where, you know, obviously John Walford won't be returning. So what do they have at quarterback? Uh, They'll still have Kendall Hinton for one more year. I assume that he'll be the starting quarterback moving forward, but You'll have to see what happens there. But the Wake Forest game is a game they're going to have to be competitive in. And they also have Pittsburgh on the road, which, you know, Pittsburgh made some positive strides towards the end of the season, obviously winning their uh, season finale at home against Miami uh, to knock Miami out of the college football playoff for all intents and purposes. So, you know, I don't know. I think Syracuse has, you know, the returning players. They have the youth. They have a lot of guys returning. They got Eric Dungey coming back. They got a favorable enough non-conference schedule where I think they can get three wins there. And then there are some wins to be had in, in ACC play, even though they, they do play in the tougher of the two divisions. So it's never going to be easy for Geno Babers and Syracuse just because of the division they're in. But I think they'll have an opportunity next year to make a bowl game, just given you know who they have at home. And some of the teams are playing even in the coastal division. They're in the middle of a rebuild. Mike, lock it in right now. Syracuse going to a bowl game next year. Yes. They're doing it. Yes. Six wins. Hell yeah. Here's here's what I'm thinking. Three and one out of conference. They're going to win a weird one at home, meaning they're going to either beat Florida State or NC State. Louisville and North Carolina are somewhere between decent and garbage. We don't really know yet. So I'm going to say that that's a couple of wins. They're going to get to six wins, Mike. It's happening. Yep. Lock it in. Yep. And they got Pitt and the Steam and Deeks, too. So. Eric Dungy for ACC Player of the Year, Mike. It's happening. <laughs> Here it is. Lock it in. Hey, Lock it up. Me. Yeah, you're not going to make the same mistake twice. So he'll uh, he'll go ahead and double down. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? He'll go ahead and win next year. That's fair. Oh yeah. Okay. So just from a high level, better or worse, I'm saying better for Syracuse next year. Would you agree? Yes, better. Better. Okay. Easy to say for some of these, you know, bottom of the ACC teams. I think next year will be better. Um, So uh, that's Syracuse. Wasn't a great 2017. Looking up for 2018. Mike, anything else before we get out of here? I think we're all set. Sounds good. Well, y'all can go find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel ACC. And together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. You nailed it, sir. Yeah, I did. Uh, y'all can go find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. Just search for Basketball Conference Podcast on the YouTube. And we're going to have our uh, 
podcast posted there as well. And Mike, where else can they find us on the social medias? Facebook.com slash basketball conference. Rate, review, find all of our podcasts there, Joey. Hell yeah, please do. Uh, Mike, this has been fun. You want to come back and recap some of these other teams? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. Well, until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.